when it comes to finding your soulmate, it is also a good thing to make sure that you and your life partner are on the same page financially. While that doesn't mean that you have to share the same overall philosophy, it does mean that you should have some idea of what to expect when you say, I do. With me this morning to talk about this issue is Eli Taylor, a banker with J.P. Morgan Private Bank. Good morning, Eli. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here on this beautiful Friday morning. All right. It's good to, ha- good to have you on. Um, Eli, uh, getting married and combining assets is a major milestone in life, but just as you would plan for a wedding, I understand that it's equally important for you to plan what your financial future may look like together as a couple. Absolutely. And I think the earlier the better. You know, a good time to start talking about joint finances and expenses is actually during a dating phase. Uh, when the relationship becomes more serious and you both see potential in the future together, it's essential to establish a strong foundation of trust and open communication about finances before getting married. So discussing money matters early on can help ensure you're on the same page and ensure a better future. Right. And Eli, what are some of the most important things that couples should take into consideration from a financial perspective when they're talking about their lifetime commitment to one another? Absolutely. So some of the more important things that couples should consider from a financial perspective discussing marriage should be uh, individual incomes, job stability, uh, existing debt and liabilities, think student loans, credit cards, uh, you know, savings and emergency funds, financial goals, uh, short-term and long-term, uh, spending habits, budgeting, uh, insurance and retirement planning, and also, you know, uh, prenuptial agreements. Those are some of the more important things that couples should discuss uh, prior to marriage. Right. And is there such a, uh, such a thing as financial compatibility? And if so, from your perspective, what does that look like? Yes, financial compatibility does exist. Uh, It exists when both partners have similar values, goals, and habits related to money management. Now, this doesn't mean you have to agree on everything, but rather that you communicate openly about financial matters, that you work together to create a budget, and you support each other in achieving your financial goals. Financial compatibility is essential for long-term relationship success as it reduces conflict and fosters trust between both partners. Right. And Eli, what about expenses and who is responsible for paying bills? Uh, I know sometimes that can be, especially when you get into a, a, a new relationship, uh, you're you know newly engaged, you're a newly married, new couple, and just trying to navigate um, things that many people would uh, consider to be just some, by, uh, some basic household financial management can sometimes, you know, just kind of spiral into something bigger than it really should be. Absolutely, and this is the question that comes up often. Uh, expenses and bill responsibilities should be discussed and agreed upon by both partners. Uh, there are different approaches couples can take, such as you know, dividing expenses proportionally based on income, splitting everything 50-50, or designating specific bills for each partner to pay. Uh, it's important to consider each partner's financial history as past experiences can impact your approach to managing finances in the relationship. So understanding and addressing any past financial issues can help build a stronger foundation for your future. Right. And speaking of that, um, Eli, you know, when it comes to financial history and knowing your, how your partner manages finances, you know, you know, 
how important is that in the in the overall equation and the process as it pertains to this consolidation of income and debt and everything else um, that comes under this financial umbrella as a couple? It's extremely important, but I think there are also other things to take into consideration when couples are having this conversation. Uh, certainly, an individual's cultural upbringing can significantly influence their approach to managing finances. So I believe it's also in essential and important for couples to recognize and discuss their cultural differences to better understand each other's, each other's values and expectations regarding money as well. Mm. Now, Eli, should, should couples share... And, and talk about pretty thoroughly their financial primo- priorities. I mean, uh, and what happens if they don't share the same um, priorities? And I mean by that because, you know, for, you know, one person, they might be focused on savings. Another person might be focused on uh, some other aspects of investing and uh, getting a return on their investment and things of that nature. Um, can you talk about how absolutely the- – that relationship and them sharing their financial priorities. Absolutely. In my world, we call that, you know, short-term, long-term financial goals, financial planning. Uh, These things should be discussed openly and regularly. Uh, Couples can work together by creating a joint budget. Uh, Even if there are, you know, different goals and priorities, there still needs to be a plan in or a joint budget. Uh, And it can start as, you know, setting aside savings and continually reevaluating the goals as life and circumstances change. I can tell you that when my wife and I married, you know, the first few years, we thought we had certain goals and that changed, you know, after my wife found out she was pregnant within those first two years. So it's always good to reevaluate your goals and, you know, setting budgets and expectations regularly. And so uh, continuously reevaluating the goals and as life circumstances change, Planning for things like buying a home or future education could be done through saving, investing, and researching through different finances, financing options. But the most important thing is sitting down, having that short-term plan as well as that long-term plan, and reevaluating those things regularly. Right. And as it pertains to those short-term and long-term, um, I guess, goals and aspirations, you know, how important is it for couples to have some serious conversations about these things? Because sometimes people say things in passing or from time to time, but their partner or spouse doesn't really take it, them that serious because they're just kind of saying it in passing uh, as opposed to actually sitting down and having a serious conversation about it. Uh, when indeed that person may be serious about, you know, going to school or going back to school, changing their careers, you know, things of that nature, which are some major decisions that impact the finances of the household. But certainly, you know, we've all been there where you're like, you know, one day I want to do this, one day I want to do that. Um, yeah. and some of those things may never materialize, but a lot of times people are doing, saying those things, um, and they are something they actually are striving to do. Absolutely. And I think this is where having a third party as a sounding board can be helpful. Uh, so, you know, working with a financial advisor, a financial planner, as a financial counselor, I think couples should definitely consider speaking with the financial professional as they encounter, uh, even if there's not difficulties, but certainly if they're encountering difficulties in managing their finance, or if they just want guidance in creating these long-term, short-term financial plans, it's better to seek help with this early on rather than waiting until problems become more significant or harder to resolve. Uh, Moreover, some couples might benefit from the financial checkup or the periodic reviews with the professional, even if they don't have any specific issues to address, 
it just creates that natural rhythm and cadence for open communication around financial disclosure. Right. And, Eli, you know, many people and couples are reluctant to engage in counseling in general. Um, yeah. And can you kind of talk a little bit about, um, you know, engaging a financial professional uh, about helping them manage the consolidation of financial obligations, wish lists, and et cetera. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a big endeavor for a lot of people because a lot of people don't, you know, they're private and they definitely like to let people into their finances and their financial situations. Um, but certainly, can you kind of talk about that a little bit um, with people having some hesitancy, um, but certainly uh, why it is something that could be uh, – very beneficial to them in the long run and in the short run. Yeah, and, and just like any relationship, you know, finding the right financial advisor or financial planner, is it could take a process, right? It, you, you go through that dating phase to make sure that you can find someone that's compatible with you as well, who understands you culturally uh, and understands the, your partner culturally as well. But that piece is essential. And once you find that individual, that advisor, they are great to use as sounding boards because they have the expertise or credentials to do this. They've been have, helping families and couples do this daily. Uh, and so it's important to have that individual that has that experience, who understands you, you culturally, understands the needs of the family to use as a sounding board. Because as you mentioned, Chris, maybe there's some conversations that could happen in passing that don't really get fully addressed. The financial advisor is trained to key in those, key in on those, uh, you know, those questions or concerns that may seem passive, but are actually equally important to each individual. So I think it's important to have that third party to come in and help you create that open dialogue. And again, it's great to keep, to keep that healthy rhythm going when it comes to periodic checkups around planning. So you use, you know, your financial advisor or your planner as a sounding board. They help create a great rhythm and cadence, but also they create a space for safe, open dialogue and communication around finances. Right. And Eli, speaking of, of you know, this safe communication and dialogue around finances and really uh, being transparent with a lot of different things, uh, you spoke earlier about um, things that people probably take into consideration like prenuptials and then life insurance, uh, things of that nature, which, you know, really are, you know, you're talking about the beginning uh, and the the end of relationships, literally um, and figuratively speaking. Uh, but with that being said, you know, a lot of people are reluctant to talk about these things, especially for up front. They don't want to talk about prenups and they don't want to talk about life insurance because, you know, in order for you to, for the, you to cash in on the policy, that means that somebody um, is no longer here. And these are difficult things to kind of talk about amongst other, so many people. But um, with that being said, um, you know, from your perspective, um, either through your own personal experiences or just dealing with um, clients, you know, how much of this gives you um, not only a sense of, of direction and togetherness um, as it relates to trying to hammer out some of these issues, but also kind of just a, a comfort level and a pathway forward for a lot of things that you guys uh, would like to do in the future? Yes, that, that's a great question, Chris. And I'll tell you, you know, I'm a, you know, financial, a private banker. I've been in this space for over 15 years. 
Uh, I help clients with this every day. But guess what? I have, my wife and I have a financial planner as well. Because uh, even though I do this every day and I consider myself skilled in this work, I need someone to make sure that they're paying attention to the things that my wife is saying that maybe I just don't catch I catch on to, right? And so it's important to have that. Uh, you mentioned having those conversations around sensitive subjects. You know, sensitive subjects could be around insurance and, you know, how much should I have, you know, and, and, and how much should I be insured for, or the prenuptials. Those are very sensitive conversations in nature, and, and they're sensitive for anyone to have, right? There is some reluctance about having those. But it's important to have those conversations because, again, you want to be on the same page and you want to set your marriage up marriage up for success, but oftentimes it's difficult to have those conversations one-on-one. For working with a professional who understands the sensitivity, the nuance of how some of these questions might be asked, and, and how to be patient with individuals as they work through being able to have conversations around finances and all that comes with, you know, starting a new relationship in life with someone and trusting that individual with their most, with their most secret uh, and uh, discreet uh, um information about themselves so you know it's important it's important to one understand that those those conversations and those topics are sensitive in nature but even the professionals work with individuals about these things because even we understand that they're sensitive and we understand that there's you know there's 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 uh there's positivity and there's a benefit of having someone outside of the relationship who can help see through kind of some of, you know, uh, the things that it's not being said, some of the body language that may exist that you don't realize is there to help navigate a path for better communication, open dialogue, and accountability as well. Right. And, Eli, last question for you. And, you know, and I guess there's a conversation about whether, um, you know, you're having these conversations, taking these things into consideration, whether it's um, – you know, some things that are kind of easier to manage or to delve into when you're younger or uh, when you might be older. And that, you know, I, I know it's kind of probably half empty, half full either way. But um, with uh, what would what would you advise? Um, would it be the same across the board, regardless of the age, the people who are entering um, the uh, getting married or entering into this, uh, a long term relationship? Or do some of those things kind of change as people um, get older because they've got, you know, presumably more assets and, and more layers to what is going on in their life? Yeah, I do think, you know, things change. I do think the fundamentals and the basics about transparency and open dialogue, that's, you know, I would believe that exists across the board no matter where you are across the spectrum and getting, a re- and getting into a relationship. So younger couples, you know, couples that have potentially been married before who are now discussing a second marriage, uh, that will be, you know, the same. Having open disclosures, being honest up front about financial history is going to be important for, for anyone. 